0: I taught in Oakland. Some of my students that came in as ninth graders were reading at fourth grade reading levels. That was the norm, you know? And so every single September, I had to figure out where are, where are they at? Who, you know, Some of them had really good teachers last year. Some of them didn't. Some of them had access to things over the summer. Some of them didn't. And then it's on teachers to get them forward. And like how many teachers jump kids in reading levels two three grade levels in a year like that happens already but it's like as a
1: kid lightning has to strike for you hi everyone welcome back to the lady business podcast season three my name is dina nina martinez and i'm the founder of lady laughs comedy
2: and my name is heather wentler and i am the co-founder of Doyenne.
1: and if you're new to the lady business podcast we talk to women entrepreneurs and women who are badass in business Don't forget that you can always find us on the internet at ladybusinesspod.com.
2: On Facebook and Instagram at ladybusinesspod.
1: And always when you're sharing, liking, and subscribing, make sure that you use the hashtag ladybusinesspod. Do you think we're a little repetitious?
2: (laughs) (laughs) How many touch points? Seven touch points. We're good. We're good. Okay, good.
1: (laughs) Also, please make sure that you comment, review, and also share the Lady Business Podcast.
2: Make sure to subscribe to the Lady Business Podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, including Apple Podcasts,
1: Google Podcasts,
2: Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora,
1: and TuneIn. On this episode of the Lady Business Podcast, we are going to be getting all up into Amanda Amaral of Fiveable's Lady Business.
2: When I first met Amanda and she pitched me Fiveable, I just remember we were in a room full of uh, about 50 other investors and she had to pitch to about half of them. And I said, I bet you get a lot of, oh, so you're like Khan Academy, but run by a woman. And she goes yes, and I said, but you're nothing like Khan Academy, and you're actually creating impact for these kids and helping them understand and move forward with their schooling. And she's like, you're finally someone who gets it. <laughs> so it's been really cool to see how she's transformed her company and how she'll talk about how uh, the pandemic has actually been beneficial i know that sounds horrible to say but been beneficial to her company as well Uh,
1: and not only beneficial she was kind of set up for an environment like this since she does a lot of virtual tutoring and and teaching and working with kids it just kind of lent itself to the need Uh, i think that gave uh, it shows incredible insight so now let's get into the podcast Hi, everyone. Welcome to Lady Business Podcast. Today, we are talking to Amanda Do Amaral. And you are the founder of Fivable. Correct. (laughs) Okay, so I was doing a little research, and you said, and this makes me so happy... When students are surrounded by passionate teachers and robust resources, they can achieve anything with technology. We smash barriers by connecting students and teachers through content and live events. Our goal is to create inclusive and social learning experiences where all students are invited to learn with us for free. Mm -hmm. That's really rad.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think like one of the biggest problems in education is we just don't invite kids in, you know, like, I, in my high school, I remember sometimes not thinking that I could be in an AP class because, I don't know, that's where the smart kids were, right? Like, I I didn't feel part of that space. And then when I started teaching, I saw the same things happening where it was like, I taught in Oakland at a very diverse high school, and then I'd walk into the AP class, and it was like 17 white kids. I'm like, how are, what is going on here? Like, there are so many students here that should be in this class, but they're not even fighting for it because they don't think they can do it and it's because we're not intentionally inviting them in and so i think that's really the heart of like of fiveable is like everyone's invited like get in here you know like we're we're learning and like you can do this you just need to like you just need the support you know you just need to know that like you're loved and the support is here and we can answer all your questions and and if if we can do that then that's how we change the world
2: I feel like that story is so parallel to the women entrepreneurs, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a part of the women entrepreneur story of like, I can't see myself in the space. So why would I go into the space? So like so many women, even they're up and running their businesses, but they don't want to identify with the word entrepreneur because of the connotation that comes along with the word. Same with like the students who self-select out of AP because they don't want to be seen as that type of person or, or know that that's a space I can go into.
0: Yeah, it, it's, you're exactly right. It's like, you know, as, as a woman, as a person of color, like there's so many spaces that I'm not invited into. And I think like, you know, just, you have to see yourself in it. You know, you have to see someone else that looks like you, that talks like you, like they're succeeding. That's like keeping holding the door open for you to like come on into. And so I think like, with even with building fiveable I think there's been so many times where I'm like well I don't know what I'm doing I don't have an expertise in this or this or I need to reach some made-up milestone before I you know raise money or whatever it's all made up right like it's it's just like being able to find people to hold doors open for me is how I've gotten here and then I feel the responsibility to do that for students you know in in any way possible whether it's about learning or just about like being really transparent about what it's been like building this because I just think about all the you know like all the girls of color that I'm teaching that are using Fiveable that if they see me they're like wow like what if I built an ed tech platform you know like I want to empower them to solve the problems that they see and one way I can do that is giving them the educational tools to do that and then Another way is just, is making sure that they see themselves in, in all of it, in, in the chemistry teacher that's supporting them, in the student that's like writing practice essays, like see yourself in it. And then, you know, we're going to be able to see you in it at some point.
2: That's awesome. Can you talk a little bit about how did you go from teacher to entrepreneur?
0: It was a journey. It was like <laughs> it was not an expected journey. It kind of, I don't know, it felt like it all happened almost like by accident. It kept like, things kept happening. And then I was like, at some point I was like, wait, I, I have a startup. And so at first I, I had left my school because I was just totally burned out. And I, I was living in the Bay Area and I could not afford rent and student loans on a teacher salary. So I was like, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go travel for a bit. Just see what I can find of like, what's my next step. Um, So I traveled for a while. I worked on a political campaign in in upstate New York. And then I started getting an email from, a couple of emails from former students that were now in 11th grade with a a new teacher. And it was like, Ms. D, we're going to fail. We're having written an essay all year. Like this guy doesn't even know that the test got updated. He's not, he doesn't like, these were my students of color that were emailing me because he, the teacher had essentially divided the class up with who he thought had the best shot of succeeding and so they were not being given the tools that they needed and they knew it and that was what was I was so proud of them because they knew it and so they emailed me like you've got to help us like what do we do and so I at that point was like all right well what's the quickest thing that I could do right now is I can go live so I just started live streaming for them like let me let's write practice essays together let me take you through the content like I'm not giving up on you so you know, you have your test in May. Let's, let's get you ready. And then, you know, quickly the word got out. I, I posted a couple of links on Reddit and then teacher Facebook groups. And that year I ended up teaching like 2,500 students in like 40 live streams. And pretty quickly, you know, I was like, oh my God, I'm onto something. I don't know what this is yet, but something's here. And the kids were like, can you, can you help us with calculus, with chemistry, with You know all these different subjects, and I'm like, I'm I'm a history teacher, so no. But yes, right. I was like, I can go find other teachers. I can do this. So then I just kind of kept going. I I learned about startup accelerators. I got a Facebook ad for my first one, and I remember seeing that. I remember I was I was living back at home. I moved back with my mom, and I was like, wait, people will give you money for a business idea. It was just like, I don't know. It was just a shocking moment. I just didn't know what was (laughs) there, what resources I could have. And so from there I applied and got a yes for that program and then have just been kind of every step of the way has just been like listening to what kids are asking me for, what they need, and then finding some way to get there, you know, sending one more email, like trying to make one more connection, like applying for this program or this competition or whatever I can and then, you know, eventually you, you have a startup and you have the whole thing and you just kind of keep going for those.
1: So what is your current revenue model? You're teaching students for free?
0: So all of the content on the site is free. We, we realized actually before COVID that selling content just like wasn't really it because what we, were, we were competing with YouTube and Wikipedia. And, you know, like we used to have like a paywall around the content. It was like a monthly membership. And then we were just like, you know what? Honestly, the kids are going to keep looking for free content. So let's just open this up. Also, it's not equitable. And this is not the business I want to build. This, this seemed like the business that, you know, like investors thought I should build. This was the traditional business. Right. And then we hit this point. I, I wrote this like Slack memo and, to my team in, in December. and was like, what if we dropped the paywall and gave it all away for free? And they were like, "How are we going to do that?" <laughs> um, and so we went went through that conversation for a while, and then we decided to drop it and just go that path. And so now we're we're organizing to create new revenue streams. You know, right now the, the content will stay free. There there will be there are products that we sell for students and teach, um, for students and parents. So like <clears throat> like some exclusive streams, like more like small group tutoring. And then what we're developing right now is even further products that we can then sell to schools and teachers around analytics and thinking about like branded content, you know, sponsorships. Like if if we can build the social media platform for education and we can get students sharing content and organizing together, then we're going to be able to find new revenue streams that maybe don't exist yet, but we're sort of playing it out
2: feel I feel like right now is even more so I mean here's a bright spot in the pandemic with everybody having to go to virtual classrooms and just so as a former teacher myself the teachers who've been reaching out to me are like what do I do you know you my my first company was um, in ed tech as well and thinking about how do I make that transition and they're just, they're scrambling because they're so used to their textbooks still. And then, you know, I'm watching the parent side of it as well. And I feel like here's a huge opportunity for your company to be able to see really big growth. And I know when we had originally met um, in November of 2019, it was a very different place yeah. and time that you were different going area. through within your company. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's a different era. I mean, then uh, we were trying to raise money and close the round and convince people that ed tech was the future and that remote learning was the future and that APs were important. And it's now it's so funny. Cause now it's like, now everyone gets it <laughs> overnight. It was like, you know, we, we've been able to raise more money because of that. You know, it's like, it's, there's interest. There's, you know, student, what's happened to schools just, it's like everyone was caught off guard and not prepared and that can't happen again and there is a lot of power in the the technology of it that can make things more equitable and make things more robust of course like students need access to that technology and that keeps me up at night um but for those that do have it this is a we're entering into an entirely new era of education like i don't think we've seen A shift in schools since the 60s and it was like space race like we got to compete with you know the Soviet Union we got to like churn out scientists and that's kind of where we've been in now for however long and now I feel like we're actually entering the 21st century in schools and that's just exciting you know like even business aside it's just like this is there needed to be a a like jump start to this you know like we needed to to just like get everyone up and moving and so I'm personally really excited to see like what happens with that
2: yeah it'll be really interesting to see because you know to your point of like with, I mean even before this happened within schools we had a lot of the have and have not already mm-hmm. really happening and now when you throw a technology component into it it really amplifies the haves and has have nots so like my big thing is we have Millions of students sitting at home right now that are just pretty much on like an extended summer vacation uh, until maybe we can go back in the fall like I know some universities are already calling it that they're not going to start up classes again until 2021 but these you know even just when when I taught you know we talk about the regression students would have just within that three month summer period, and now it's pretty much a six month. Uh, summer period and how do you come back into the next grade of in in classroom teaching with this um I haven't done anything or my family was able to make time and dedicate resources to my education during this whole process so I'm super advanced compared to there's a whole lot in between the cracks here
0: yeah that, I mean I've explained that exactly to a number of other, just, you know, people that are not connected with schools. And it's, it's been like a shocking realization for a lot of people. Um, and they're like, well, what are we going to do? I'm like, well, this is every year though. Like, this is always like what I taught in Oakland. Some of my students that came in as ninth graders were reading at fourth grade reading levels. That was the norm, you know? Mm-hmm. And so every single September I had to figure out where are, where are they at? you know some of them had really good teachers last year some of them didn't some of them had access to things over the summer some of them didn't and then it's on teachers to get them forward and like how many teachers jump kids in reading levels two three grade levels in a year like that happens already but it's like as a kid lightning has to strike for you you now have to have an amazing teacher every single year I mean you should have had that before but this kind of gap, a lot of kids are not going to come back from this because the the schools are not equipped for it. Teachers are not equipped for it. Like you just, you have to hit it right. You know, like you can't be having, like we had students that would have, you know, permanent subs for an entire year. First year teachers, like I was not a real person my first year of teaching. Like I didn't move kids forward. I just was kind of there. Um, and so I, like the crisis that exists is massive. And I'm hopeful that what we are seeing is that like access to technology and wifi should be a public utility. Like every single kid needs a laptop. Every single kid needs access to wifi at home. Like they shouldn't have to be fighting for those things. Like teachers shouldn't have to be fighting for those things. Um, you know, that, that I, I sincerely hope that all of this wakes people up to that, you know, and just, the districts have to provide that, you know the tech companies have to provide that, and then we can figure out how do we then integrate that to make learning interactive and fun and make it work for all students but it's like it's so that that part just stresses me out to no end, just thinking about it
2: yeah it'll, it, it's, it's exactly to your point it's very pivotal right now as to what comes next and I mean, this is a whole generation that is even go- is going through this more than we've seen with any other generation since standardized stu- schools really became a thing. Yeah. Um, I mean,
0: I even think, too, about like older kids in high school or in college that aren't, aren't going back to school because no. their parents have lost their jobs and now they need to work and they're they're not going back, you know, like especially college kids like how are who is going to pay, you know. Fifty thousand dollars a year for Zoom, right. <laughs> you know. Like
2: that's that's been part of the discussions I've been having as well. Like, if we can show how to do this virtually, why do I have to show up in a building? Why exactly to your point? Why do I have to? And I think we were already starting to see this a little bit around the, um, you know, the emphasis around higher education, like those those certificates, diplomas, credentials, starting to come away more and more. When especially in the entrepreneur space, I'm sure. I mean, we don't really. None of us really work in the corporate space where the more letters that you have next to your name means something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but you know, trying to get rid of that and a lot of how do you just build a career on the experience versus going through the hundred thousand dollars or more in debt to get the the piece of paper.
0: Yeah, I feel like I think about my own decision in that all the time <laughs> cuz now That's I'm just cool. sitting on this like mounds of debt that feels like I'm never going to get out of it and all the skills I have now seem to have come from, you know, the last few years just learning stuff online. Like you can build apps without le- knowing how to code. You can piece together all types of different softwares like what I I was able to basically learn business marketing even just like minimal development just just by like searching for it you know like I didn't need to go to school for that I didn't need to pay for that and so sometimes I think about it's hard it's a it's a it's a stretch because it's like I want kids need the opportunity to do it they need choice like that choice is so powerful but I talked to so many students um we we have like a, a really big team of content creators that are in our slack channels I'm I'm talking to students every single day. Um, like they're so cute. They're working. They're like, we give them little projects to do. And they, they, they'll be up until 2am working on these things. Yeah. And so, but it's like, I'm just like, don't, I, I just want to be like, don't even go to college. Like I'll hire you. You know, like you don't even need, do you even need those four years? Do you even need to spend that money? Like, is it even morally okay for me to even tell you that you should, because now you're going to be sitting on debt forever. So I don't know, this is, something's
1: got to shift. It, and and if you're highly motivated and you're an adult, you will seek out learning opportunities. Like for me, I grew up in a small town in Texas and even going through high school and college, some college, like I didn't know how to speak or write until I taught myself mm-hmm. uh, until I started looking up dictionary words and, you know, and, and talking to people and looking up things that made me, made me learn the structure of grammar and how to speak. Although sometimes I I don't speak well. Um, (laughs) Are you seeing that students in this, in the COVID world that we're living in, are they super motivated or are they just losing, um, are they losing momentum because of it? Both. Especially <laughs> since parents are like, I don't, I can't, I can't deal with y'all.
0: Yeah. it It's both. And it's, it's for a number of different reasons. I think part of it is just like people deal with grief in different ways. And so some kids are throwing themselves into schoolwork or creating other things. Like even just like the, this is the TikTok generation, right? Like this, they're creating every day. They're, they're creating videos, they're creating memes, they're, they're creating. And that, and that's really fun to see. Like sometimes it's for school, sometimes it's not. And so some, some kids are throwing themselves into projects, into school, into any sense of normalcy that they can. And other kids are having a really hard time motivating themselves. It's like, it's just like us, you know, like any adult, I think right now, it's like some days I just want to like watch Netflix all day and like, you know, eat popcorn in bed. I don't know. I'm just like, I just like, can't, and then other days, I'm um, I'm also throwing myself into work, too, because it's distracting. And so I think kids are having both experiences and um, in some ways finding it hard to, like, one of the challenges of learning from home is motivating yourself, you know, is that self-accountability to actually, like, get up and do it. You know, like, you are the, no one, a bell's not going to ring. You know, like, your, your teacher may not even tell you that this is due on this day, but, you need to sit down and do it on your own because you should. And that, that's a really high bar for a lot of kids to reach. And so that's, that seems to be the biggest difference is that some kids are handling that and some are not.
2: Yeah. And I think uh, you, you touched on this a little bit earlier when you said, like, how you're, you're interacting with the kids and asking them to help you create. I think that's the biggest thing teachers can take away, too, of, like, your students – no way more than you when it comes to technology and that's okay and you don't have to be the expert in this and you can make it more of a community classroom where you can all learn and lean on each other mm-hmm. and that's what we do in real life this whole like you don't know anything until you turn 18 is just absolute bullshit to me <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> right I mean it's like the 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 like sage on the stage type teacher that like has all the information and they have to deliver it like that is not a thing that was never, that should never have been a thing in physical classrooms. And now like that is some of my biggest advice to teachers is build with the kids. Like if, you know, obviously this is for older students, you know, six-year-olds, I don't, I have no idea how people are teaching like first grade right now, but for older kids, like get a, get a class Twitch channel, you know, like start. So what if the kids are playing video games and talking about content, you know, like get a, get them to start going live on Instagram with you, get them to set up zoom, just have them create some of the class or, or put it back in their hands, you know, give them open-ended projects to create things and put them in teams. Like it doesn't have to be, we just don't have to be holding their hand for every single day. You know, like we just need to provide structure and we need to, we need to like motivate, we need to create the spark, you know, that makes them want to get up and, and do it. And that that's, that's really, that's where the teacher needs to be. It's just, like, motivate and support and give them the tools that they need and let them be really creative right now.
1: Yeah. yeah. Do, so do like, a TikTok about a historical event. Right?
0: Yeah, like, I, if I were still in the classroom, I would be having so many different projects right now like that. Like, Yeah,
2: um, yeah I mean, when I was when I was still teaching, Minecraft was coming out, and so I was on, like, all these servers around how to do, I, well, I actually, so I went to school to be a history teacher, but found myself in math and science, which was totally outside my comfort zone, but apparently I did really well at it, because I kept getting jobs in those classrooms, (laughs) Um, but I was like, yeah, let's bring Minecraft into the classroom, and just the backlash that I got from my other teacher friends, you know, around, I cannot believe you're doing this. I'm like, why they're learning, they're engaged and look at their test scores are going up. Like yeah. I don't understand why. And I, I, guess I understand why, but we need to meet kids where they're at a lot more. And I think that that's something that fiveable does so well and um, being able to move them forward.
0: So well, One of the things that we're actually doing, we just launched this yesterday a wait list for it. I, I, had, I was just talking to a colleague of mine and was reminded of a like, review game that we would play when I was teaching. And we were, through this game, I was able to get kids asking for more work and rushing into class to give me their work. And all we did was we set up a, an Olympics. We put them in teams and I gave them, you know, games or, or tasks they could do for points. And we just kept tally of all the points that everyone earned. And we made a huge pro in my class. I literally, one year, I gave the winning team an A for the semester. And that, I mean, the sparks were flying, right? They were like, can I watch more videos? Can I take more notes? Can I write more practice essays? I was like, damn, all I did was gamify this, you know? You had a couple zeros on. I gave you 10,000 points for this, and you did it. And so we're we're going we're to do this on Fiveable. We're, we're going to link... All of our resources to points, and let the kids be in individual. Like, try to get you know get the gold for AP World. Um, get a team to create like a team challenge, and then also in the class. And so we I, we figure if we can motivate kids to just like be a part of it, there they will. And we can link up all other types of games too. Like, create a TikTok and hashtag Fiveable, and we'll give you points. You know, like, I don't need to wait for your teacher to assign this. I, I can give you points for this. And we can give out scholarships or we can give out, you know, laptops or cool prizes that the kids are like, wait, I can get, if I just study on Fiveable, then I can get this cool prize. Like, I'm in, you know, that's I'm really super sent. Awesome.
2: Yeah, that's really awesome. So I know you had, uh, right before everything hit, you had won the SoGal foundation um, grant congratulations on that as well has the strategy for how to use those dollars stayed the same or have you had to pivot at all within uh, your company It's
0: it stayed the same for us um, we like back it was back in December and January that we had decided to to pull down the, the paywall that we had and change our our business model and that was really more based on market trends and just just like listening to students and teachers and and realizing where there was more opportunity for us and so since then it's just been kind of funny because now when people look back they'll think we went free because of COVID but we didn't and um, since then I think it's just we've just been trying to scale up and the number of students on the site is a lot and messaging us and asking for help and so we've just been trying to get more people on our support team to answer questions and creating more content and resources. So we haven't necessarily changed our strategy at all. It's more of just been, it was like our busy season started like a month earlier than we were thinking it would. And so we just, we've just all been like, you know, talk about throwing yourself into work.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Have you, I have a question, like with the taking down the, um, the pay structure how then what's the new revenue model
0: yeah so right now we're selling cram passes. so we had we had set up um a 10 week or 10 stream course essentially to take students through all the content they need to know and then practicing the essays because this year's this year's exams are only an essay it's like 45 minutes it's online and it's for the histories it's one document-based question And so we're just going to be practicing as much as we can in those streams um, and giving kids feedback. And so those, those cram passes are our revenue stream for right now. And then as we go forward into the summer and into next year, we're, we're just, this is just like kind of, we're being like, we're running different experiments. We're trying to see like what's going to stick, what will work. um, Because I think there's, there's a lot of opportunity to build a, a very cool business right now that can actually make a difference in education. And so we're, because we're sort of in this like new, it's, it's totally new. So I have to kind of look to other industries to see what they've done um, and try to figure out how that works in education. And so, um, you know, going after APs, we'll have, we'll have some shifts in our revenue model, but for now that's, that's what we're focused on. Thank
2: you. Dina, do you have any other questions, comments you can
1: think of? I just think it's really cool what you're doing. And um, I guess, do the kids get any kind of credit that will transfer to their schools? Or is it mostly just tutoring towards success within what they're already working in?
0: Yeah, so we don't give high school credit. um, But because we're supporting AP classes, if they pass that exam, they get college credit. And... You don't have to even take the class in high school to take the test, so there are a number of students that are like self-studying for the test, and for them, it's it's worth it for them. Um, but mostly, what where we see ourselves is is supporting the work that's already happening in schools. Um, like at first, we we were really an after-school platform because I I felt like you know if you, kids are in school for six seven hours. And then there's a huge gap after that. And that's where I wanted to build. Now there is no after school, there's just home. So, you know, like we're just creating resources throughout more of the day, but it's really meant to lift up the work that teachers are doing and um so, and support that so that kids can do better in class and then in these like standardized tests.
1: That is so cool. I I'm so excited for you because uh, COVID-19 and this pandemic has really changed the world and it's offered you, it's offering you so much more for you, but also to bridge the inequalities. And I just think that's so rad and I'm excited for you. And I hope uh, I look forward to hearing about all the amazing things that are coming. So
0: yeah, it's, this is a devastating time for so many people, and yeah. I, and I think like we're things are never going to be the same, and we're going to be seeing ripple effects from this for many many years, and for some industries like education, I think it's there's a there's an opportunity in this to to really change things for the better that needed to be changed anyways. And I think we're seeing that everywhere. Like I think right now it's just. You know, we're it's like the, the inequities that existed before are just heightened everywhere. You know, we're just seeing like what 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 challenges people have in their lives, in work, in health, in education, in all of it. It's just like really heightened right now. And so yeah. I'm somehow I'm hopeful, even though like we're still very much in it and we don't really know how or when we'll get out of it. I I still I just see so much innovation in people in in everyone, you know, like everyone's trying to figure out how to pivot, how to adapt, how to build, you know, how to create. And so I'm hopeful that like the next, the next decade, we're just going to see a massive shift in our society because we had to, you know, like we had to figure out how to support people better and how to build infrastructure that actually works. Like even just the fact that our government couldn't give us, you know, money, like Physically could not get us money within a second. Like I can hop on Venmo and send anyone money in a minute. You yeah. know, it's like we need to build and we need the support to build those things. And I want to, I hope that the the communities that have been left out of building before get to build right now. And this is just like the moment, you know? So I don't know. I'm, I'm hopeful.
1: I love that hope. I love that hope. And thank you for putting that out in the universe and the world. And Um, tell us how we can find you and how people can support you.
0: Yeah. So, um, our website is fiveable.me and any, any students that are studying for AP exams, any teachers that are teaching APs, it would be awesome to send them our way to join the Olympics, to create content with us, to just jump in and learn. Um, and you can find me on, on Twitter and, and social media as well at, at think fiveable. Okay
1: awesome we can't wait to talk to you in the in the summer hopefully after some of this is passed hopefully after it's all passed but <laughs> for sure who knows
0: know. everyone's like planning the like you know the post-covid vacation <laughs> like what are you gonna do first i'm gonna i'm gonna hug my mom i'm gonna like right. i'm gonna go to a beach and just like i don't know go to a big concert i don't know <laughs> i'm gonna get on
1: stage and be funny <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm gonna do whatever i want and i'm just not even gonna care anymore <laughs>
1: Love awesome. it. Well, Amanda, thank you so much.
0: Thank you. I really appreciate it, you guys. You're holding the door open for me, too. So, I appreciate it.
2: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Lady Business Podcast. Please make sure to go and like our pages on Facebook and Instagram at Pod, and head on over to our website, LadyBusinessPod.com.
1: And you can always subscribe to us and like us and, oh, make sure to review Our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and you can always ask Alexa to play the Lady Business Pod on Apple Podcasts.